All right, so we can stand and pray and get right at the word. What a great praise and worship session we had. Great. The singers did phenomenal. Singers did amazing. And the worship, and the, and the whole team, musicians, everybody, so anointed because they spend time praying before they come on the platform. Father, we thank you as we stand here today for your word as I come to teach and make it known that I'm not trusting or depending on limited human abilities to teach, but I am de depending on you, and therefore I know without doubt that you anoint my mind, that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you now for a supernatural recall of the scripture, and I believe that your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything carried by your anointing, your power, and your love to each person's mind under the sound of my voice, bringing understanding, removing confusion, and that you will enter every heart, bringing faith, removing all fear, for which we give you alone all the praise, the honor, and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Open your Bible, please, to Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Luke 8, verse 18 as we begin part three in our series, Understanding and Dealing with the Operation of Demons. Understanding and Dealing with the Operation of Demons. It's very important that we understand the operation of demons because Isaiah 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And Isaiah says the same thing. My people, God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. See, when people don't understand what open doors are, they ignorantly get involved in things they should not, and they find demons into them. So we need to realize what are open doors and what are not open doors, and understand our authority over demons, and that we can deal with this, all right? But no one can cast a demon out of anybody unless the person wants the demon to go right? A demon enters them because they allow the demon in. And you have authority over demons, but not over other people's will. God won't even take somebody to heaven against their will. So God has given us a sovereign will. And uh, if somebody invites a demon into them, ignorantly or willingly, then uh, you can't cast it out. They have to let you do it by saying, I repent for that. And you can go, go ahead and cast the demon out, then you can. So we have to understand the operation of demons, otherwise we could very easily be trapped. And we see so many people today falling away, falling away from the truth in our world. So many people. 25 years ago, the amount of people in America that said they were Christians was 62%. Today, it's 39%. And 2 Timothy, I believe it's chapter 4, verse 1 says, in the last days, that people will fall away from the truth, giving heed to fables and doctrines of demons. They'll turn away from God, listening to doctrines of demons. You see, they don't know what a doctor of demon is. That's the problem. There's so many doctrines of demons going on right now. We've got to understand what is right and what's not right. Amen? 
Otherwise, you become a casualty like everybody else. All right, Luke 8, 18. The Lord Jesus said, Therefore take heed how you hear, for whoever has, to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away. So even what he seems to have, in the margin of my Bible says, even what he thinks he has. So Jesus is speaking here, and it sounds like a riddle, right? But let's have a look and see exactly what he's saying. He's saying, take heed how you hear. Now when he says take heed how you hear, he's talking about how you listen to the Word of God. Take heed how you listen to the Word of God, right? For whoever has the Word, to him more will be given. So if you have the Word, you're going to prosper, succeed in life. More will be given through faith coming by hearing the Word. And whoever does not have, whoever does not have the Word, even what he think, seems to have will be taken from him. What he thinks he's got will be taken from him by the devil. So in this verse, the Lord Jesus is telling us that if we are holding on to things, uh, let me say that again, that if we are holding on to all we have by our faith in God, we will keep it and experience increase. So how do you hold on to all the things you have by faith in God? I'll talk about that now. However, if we are not exercising faith to protect our lives, our loved ones, and our possessions, the devil will inevitably steal it from us. Jesus is reminding us that our faith comes from hearing God's Word in that verse. Therefore, the Lord Jesus said in verse 18, take heed how you hear. So please understand, Satan will steal from us whatever we are not holding on to and keeping by our faith. So we don't take our health and our health for granted. We don't take the money in the bank for granted. We don't take our good job for granted. Just because we are enjoying these things at the moment doesn't mean that we actually own them. Unless we are using our faith to keep these things that we are enjoying, unless we are using our faith to keep the things we are enjoying, our shield is not up to protect us from the thief. Our shield is not up to protect us from the thief. Right? The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, the shield of faith will quench every fiery dart of the devil. Correct? In other words, every attack of Satan against our lives in any form or fashion, our shield of faith will stop it, every one of them. So faith is essential in succeeding in life. But that's not all there is to success in life. There are other things we need to do, but without faith you cannot succeed. All right? Because faith will stop the devil. You need to have that. It's a shield. So unless you're holding on to what you are enjoying in life with your faith, the devil will take it from you. So let's fix that problem right now. Say this. Praise God. I have a healthy body. Jesus keeps you well. I am prospering. God protects my finances and meets all my financial need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I have God's wisdom. I have a good job. I have a great family. 
Because God is protecting me. His angels camp around me and protect me and my family in all our ways, according to Psalm 91. Now, don't ever change your confession. Don't ever change your confession. That is to use your shield of faith and stop the devil. That's what you just did right now. So many Christians enjoy what they are enjoying, but don't speak like that. They don't think it's necessary. It is necessary. And Jesus confirms that right here in Mark 4.24. Again, Jesus says something similar. It says, Then Jesus said to them, Take heed what you hear, for with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you here more will be given. Take heed what you hear. So he said, take heed how you hear the word. Now he says, take heed what you hear. In other words, don't give your attention to a whole lot of stuff that you should not be listening to. All right? Take heed what you hear. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you, and to you here more will be given. So if you hear the word, you'll be prospering if you don't. Verse 25 says, forever has to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has will be taken from him. All right, so again, he's saying the same thing or similar things as what we just spoke about. So what we need to do is focus on the Word and not on all the trash and doubt and unbelief we're hearing around us. Joshua 1.8 is the example. So Moses died and Joshua took over from Moses. A difficult act to follow, Right? And so he needed help from God, and God gave him a formula to succeed. Here it is. Joshua 1.8. God said to Joshua, This book of the law, that's the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth, Joshua. You must speak the word. Say that I must speak the word. Just like I did right now, right? But you shall meditate in the word of God day and night. Some folks think, if I come to church on a Sunday, that's enough. No, day and night. Why? that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. So God gave the formula to us and Joshua right there for success. So when I meditate in the Word of God, faith comes to my heart. And faith is required to believe God for whatever I need. James 1 Verse 7 says, Without faith, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So without faith, don't imagine we can get anything from God. We can't. And faith comes from the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. We know faith comes by hearing God's Word. There's no other way to get faith. Right? There's no other way to get faith except through the Bible. Say that. There's no other way. I can receive faith to the, except to the Bible. And uh, so some folks are arguing today about whether the Bible is the Word of God or not. Well, they can argue till they blew in the face. There's no other place to get faith except to the Bible. Without that, you have no faith. That's what we have in our world today. People teach us at university and high schools that there's no absolute truth. There is absolute truth. The Bible is absolute truth. And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. Amen. And without having absolute truth, we're like a ship that's lost at sea with no engines and no anchor. You've got to have absolute truth. 
And God's word is absolute truth. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. So, we succeed by meditating in the word of God. So that faith can come and we can believe God and stop the devil. Is this making sense? So you see, says the Spirit of the Lord, when you meditate in my word, your heart is filled with faith. And from the abundance of your heart, you will speak. You will speak life into circumstances. You will speak creative force because faith is a creative force. And I've given you the privilege of creating changes in your world and creating a future of blessing for your life. I told you that I put life and death in your tongue. And you must choose life. Speak life. The power of life and death is in your tongue. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For those who do not meditate in my word, faith will not rise. But fear will take its place. Fear, concern, trouble. And from the abundance of the heart, of fear and concern and doubt and unbelief. People speak death. Understand this, that when you speak death, you set laws into motion that can never be reversed. You speak laws into motion that can never be reversed for what you say and believe will come to pass. So my children, says the Lord, speak life. Meditate my word that your heart may be filled with positive faith, a creative force that you can use for victory in your life. Thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. So the effort and time we spend sowing into reading, meditating, and listening to God's Word is the proportion of faith we receive back. And therefore, that determines the amount of increase we receive in every area of our life. See, meditating in the Word will bring increase in every area of our lives. Because the more faith we have to receive, the more faith we receive, the more grace of God works in our life. According to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, whatever we see from God comes by grace through faith. Even grace is afforded to us because of faith. Without faith in grace, grace can't work. That's why people who are ignorant of the word will never believe God is a God of mercy and grace and that He wants to favor them. Now, during my trip in Johannesburg back in, 19, in 2005, 
I received a phone call when I arrived from a friend called Kenneth Mishu. He is a member of parliament and a leader of the African Christian Democrat Party. And he was straight to the point. He said, Pastor Theo, you've got to help me. At first I was taken aback and then I said, how can I help you, dear brother? And he said, our children are full of rebellion. They will not do anything anybody asks them to do. And I said, whose children? He said, the school children of all our schools and the children in our churches and the pastor's very own children are all rebellious. They are disobedient, uncontrollable, and they are aggressive. And they want to do whatever they want to do and don't care about the consequences. That's what he told me. He said, you've got to help us. Well, I said, okay, fine. I'll pray about this. And I, beg, I, beg, I believe the Holy Spirit has given me the answer or one of the solutions to this problem or this dilemma. It is what the children of Israel, what the children <laughs> in modern day are listening to on television and in their video games. So I'm going to talk about video games primarily here this morning because people don't understand how devastating these video games can be. All right? And uh, remember what Jesus said, take heed how you hear and what you hear, right? So we need to understand what our kids are listening to and what they're not hearing. Not he they're not hearing the Bible as they should, but they are hearing stuff they shouldn't be hearing. And what are they hearing from the Scriptures? Not much. The number of murders seen on TV by the time an average child finishes elementary school is 8,000. The number of violent acts on television by the age of 18 is 200,000. The percentage of Americans who believe that television violence helps precip precipitate or cause real-life mayhem is 79%. Children spend more time watching television than any other activity except sleep. That comes from the Wright State University in Ohio, television and socialization of young children. A study of 1,792 adolescent children ages between 12 and 17 showed that watching sex on TV influences teens to have sex. Kids with high exposure to sex on TV are twice as likely to initiate sex than kids who do not. That study was published in September 2004, uh, Issues of Pediatrics. Now, of course, things have changed a lot since then. One case of sexually transmitted disease is diagnosed in every four sexually active teenagers. The average youth living in the United States watches a television 25 hours a week and plays video games an additional seven hours per week. National Institute of Media and the family that was taken back in 1998. A lot of change since then. In 2023, the average youth will spend nine hours per day on electric devices, texting, playing games, and watching shows. That is 63 hours per week. Headphonesaddict.com, February 2023 was where I got that information. Children younger than eight cannot uniformly dis discriminate between real life and fantasy entertainment. So children under eight don't know what's true and what's not true, if it's fantasy or real. 
they quickly learned that violence is an acceptable solution to solving even complex problems, particularly if the aggressor in their video is the hero. The next item comes from the University of Michigan Health Systems. Programs designed for children are five to six times more violent than adult TV. In primetime shows, there are three to five violent acts per hour. In Saturday morning kids' shows, there are 20 to 25 acts of violence per hour. That's five times more. An organization called Kids Help for Parents published this statement. In 2005, study conducted by the Center on Alcohol and Marketing and Youth at Georgetown University found that the top 15 teen programs of 2003 had alcohol ads in the shows advertising to youth. The American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, Psychiatry published this article, The Influence of Music and Music Videos. The following troublesome themes are promoted in music videos to to teenagers. Number one, advocating the glamorization, abuse of drugs and alcohol. Number two, pictures, explicit, explicit lyrics presenting suicide as an alternative solution. Number three, graphic violence. Number four, sex which focuses on control, sadism, masochism, this means someone who gets pleasure out of their own suffering. Incest, we all know what that is. Children devaluating women and violence towards women. All that in the music videos directed to children. The article comes from Randhill, a non-profit research organization providing objective analysis and effective solutions that address the challenges facing the public and private sections around the world. They published an article from Iowa State University. Now, here are three towns. Paducah, Paducah, Kentucky. Paducah, Kentucky. Jonesboro, Arkansas. Littleton, Colorado. These three towns recently experienced similar multiple school shootings. The shooters were students who had literally played video games, Eric Harrison and Dalen uh, Claybold, uh, the Colombian high school students who murdered 13 people and wounded 23 in Littleton before killing themselves, enjoyed playing the violent video games of Doom. Harris created a customized version of Doom with two shooters, extra weapons, unlimited ammunition, and victims who could not fight back, features that are eerily similar to aspects of the actual shooting that took place. Video game statistics say the following. Numerous educational, non-violent strategy and sports games exist. But the most heavily marketed and consumed games 
of violent ones. Video games violate and public policy. David Walsh, PhD, National Institute of Media, and the family found that. In 1998, 59% of fourth grade girls and 73% of fourth grade boys reported that the majority of their favorite games are violent ones. According to Time magazine in 2014, that's uh, 16 years later, it went from 59% for girls to 66% of girls. It went from 73% of boys watching violent video games to now 90% of boys say violent video games is their first choice. Now, of course, I'm sure it's worse than that. Six facts about the effects of video games. Number one, children are more likely to imitate the actions of a character with whom they identify. In violent video games, the player is often required to take the point of view of the shooter or the guilty person. Number two, video games, by the very nature, require active participation rather than passive observation. Number three, exposure to violent games increases psychological arousal. Number four, Exposure to violent games increases aggressive thoughts. Number five, exposure to violent games increases aggressive emotions. Number six, exposure to violent games increases aggressive actions. Now, the Federal Trade Commission report in the aftermath of the Columbine High School shootings, President Clinton asked the Federal Trade Commission to investigate the validity of the accusations. The report was released in September 2000. It reported that of the 118 different electronic games that they investigated, with a mature rating of violence, the commission selected for its study, 70% of these violent games targeted children under 17 in their target audience. Can you imagine what that would be like today? That's year 2000. Contemporary Pediatrics published this article, How Violent Video Games May Violate Children's Health. The second most popular form of entertainment after television is video games. They have rapidly become the largest segment of the entertainment industry, taking up to 8.8 .8 billion in 1998 with compared to 5.2 billion in Hollywood box office receipts in 1998. All right? So video games was 8.8 .8 billion, Hollywood 5.2 billion. Now, 2019, Hollywood went up from 5.2 to 11 billion, 11.3. And in 2021, the video games market generated, remember, it was 8.8 .8 into uh, 1998 billion. It's gone from 8.8 .8 billion to 178 billion in, two th in 2021. That's 20 times more increase in money spent in just 
20 years. That's from Bank Marcel video game industry blog. Video games, which now can be played at home on a computer, on a television, account for 30% of all the total entertainment industry market in America. Today, that percentage is 45%, according to newzoom.com. The many fa faces of video games of violence are as follows. Violence in video games can be characterized as fantasy violence or human violence. Each of these categories can be further divided into games where the player controls their character who performs the violence. The player controls the character who performs the violence. The player actually looks along the barrel of a gun on the screen and feels as though he were pulling the trigger and killing someone. Currently, there are 25 violent games made by various gaming companies that are all similar to Doom. So there's 25 violent video games made by various companies all similar to Doom, and we're going to focus on Doom because Doom rated M is the best known because of Eric Harris and Dalen Claybald, the Columbia killers who were avid players of Doom. The manufacturer of Doom introduces his product or sells their product. This is their marketing strategy. Here it is. Quote, a single demon entity escaped detection. Systematically, it altered decaying dead carnage back into grotesque living tissue. The demons have returned, stronger, than, stronger and more vicious than ever before. Your message is clear. There are no options. Kill or be killed. That's their marketing slogan. Demon has escaped and taken dead bodies and raised these dead bodies and now walking and living through these dead bodies and they're going to kill you if you don't kill them. So Doom allows players to use more powerful and more gory weapons as the level of play increases in progress. So players can trade in shotguns for automatic weapons and then trade in their automatic weapons for chainsaws in this game. Columbine killers, Harris and Claybold, customized Doom to graphically portray their neighborhood and their school allowing them to participate in shooting they would later actually enact in real life. The Columbine killers are chilling examples of this principle. They were Doom fanatics and configured a version of Doom to be their God mode, the format in which the player becomes indestructible. The pair graphically reenacted the behavior they learned from the video game. Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman, a psychologist and professor at Arkansas State University, who specialized in a killologist, he was a specialist as a killologist for the United States military. In other words, he trained the army to kill because naturally they don't want to. 
after more than 25 years of researching the psychology of killing for the army, this army man, this uh, lieutenant, Grossman, says that the willingness to kill another person does not come naturally, but it is a learned behavior. It requires desensitization through repeated exposure to violent and classical conditioning by associating aggressive acts with a pleasant experience. Willingness to kill also relies on stimulus response. Shooting a gun becomes automatic with the right person in view. According to Grossman, the United States Army and Marines use the same techniques that violent video games depend on to train, recruit, and kill in Army training. The Army also turns to an actual game from Doom to train soldiers to kill. People who have never fired a gun before but have practiced Doom on video games become excellent marksmen when they fire a gun for the very first time. A lawsuit filed against Michael Carneal, the 14-year-old Kentucky boy who killed three students and paralyzed one, alleges that Carneal clipped off nine shots in about 20 seconds. Eight of those shots were hits. Eight hits. Three were head hits and a neck shot, and they killed those three people. That is way beyond the military standard for expert marksmanship. This was a child, a kid, who had never fired a pistol in his life before. Because of his obsession with computer games, he turned himself into an expert marksman. According to Grossman, Michael Carneal fired eight shots at a bunch of milling, screaming, scrambling children. Even more astounding was the kill ratio. Each kid was hit once. Three were killed, and one was paralyzed for life. So of the nine shots he fired, eight were strikes, different, eight different children. Now he says this, Never to my knowledge, in the annals of law enforcement or military or even criminal history, can we find an equivalent achievement. It turned out that while the kid had never fired a pistol before in his life, he held the gun with two hands. He had a blank look on his face. He never moved his feet. He never fired too far to the right or too far to the left or up or down. He simply fired one shot at everything that popped up on his screen. Hmm. Virginia Tech Massacre from Wikipedia the Free Encyclopedia. The Virginia Tech Massacre was a school shooting comprising two separate attacks about two hours apart on April 16, 2007 on the Virginia Tech campus in Blacksburg, Virginia. Sung Hee Cho killed 32 people and wounded 25 before committing suicide, making it the deadliest shooting in modern U.S. history. Washington Post staff writer David Cho reports that several Korean youths were, who knew 
uh, song he chose from his high school days, said he was a fan of violent video games. He particularly liked Counter-Strike, a hugely popular online game published by Microsoft in which players join terrorism or counter-terrorism groups, and they, and they try and shoot each other using all types of guns. Shannon McGee cast a demon out of her son. Now, this is a story of a woman who was in our church here some years ago. This is a testimony of an experience that our family went through. It started when my son was approximately five or six years old, when he started hearing voices, and he would draw pictures of monsters. We didn't think too much about the pictures because we thought my son was using his imagination in his drawings. These voices that he heard, however, were described as starting out nice, and then they would evolve to voices that were evil. As this would happen, my husband I would pray for him and go through the house looking for God to show us what open doors we had caused by whatever we had in our house. One time, my son was approximately nine years old, and we had been praying to God to show us what we needed to get rid of. Tony came out of his room, and he had a torn Pokemon poster. I hadn't approved of Pokemon for some time, but neither my husband nor my son were on the same page with me on the subject. I didn't want to be radical or fanatical, so I didn't press the issue. Over a period of time, these voices progressed on and off. And when God called our family to San Antonio and called us to Bible college, things worsened. My son started seeing demons in our home. He had described them to me. For anyone who heard Bill Weiss describe the demons he saw in hell, some of those descriptions match those that my son described, except that my son described these demons before I ever heard about Bill Weiss. I would get angry and frustrated with the devil because I was tired of him messing with my son. Throughout this time, Tony continued to play Pokemon video games, watch Pokemon on TV, and in the movies, and trade Pokemon cards. One night while we were home, Tony fell to the floor in the bathroom. I got upset with him because I thought he was just being dramatic. I took him to his bedroom, and he lay on his bed. While he was lying on his bed, I was trying to talk to him, and I couldn't communicate. I saw something in his eyes that were not him. Normally he had blue eyes, but that evening they were not blue. I heard noises coming from deep within Tony that were freaking, freaky. It sounded like growling and groaning from a deep pit but it was coming from inside my own son. I had much doubt within me at that time at first because I came from a doctrinal teaching in the past that says Christians cannot be possessed by demons. My husband and I stepped out of the room to talk about it and finally agreed that what we were seeing was a demon. No matter what we had been taught in the past, it had to be not true because we see our son possessed by a demon. 
oppressed or whatever you want to call it, it was still a demon in my son. We went back into the room, and I read Psalm 91, and the demon got restless. And my son started tearing the skin off his face with his nails. I had to hold him down to keep him from hurting himself. I tried to call my pastor from the Bible college, but I was unable to reach him. Then I remembered the scripture where Jesus sent out 12 disciples, and he told them to cast out demons using his name. I remembered that he gave all his followers the same authority. So we started praying, and we got angry with the devil, and we commanded to leave from my son in the name of Jesus. We used scripture in that prayer, and it left. I could see a supernatural release on Tony. He started crying because he knew what had happened to him. The next day, he drew a picture of the demon that came out of him. It was a very angry, scary, unearthly-looking creature. I had never seen anything like it before. During this time, we prayed again and asked God to show us what was opening the door for these attacks on our son. All the while, I continued to feel as though the Pokemon and Dragons game played a part in this. But again, I stood alone in this feeling. My husband and my son did not feel the same way. A while later, within a month, the same kind of attack happened to Tony. But this time it was much worse. He became more violent to himself, and it was harder to hold him down. I got angrier than the first time. And my husband and I again read the Word of God out loud to Tony, and then commanded the devil to leave and not come back in the name of Jesus. When he was released, Tony was mad at the devil. He went into the kitchen, got a trash bag, and started going through, the, through his room and removed all things that were dragons and Pokemon. It had done, he had, I had done some research on Pokemon and had found that it was linked to demonology, demonology and that the names Pokemon were actually the names of demons. We got rid of everything pertaining to Pokemon video games posters, movies, t-shirts, bath towels, everything. My son did some research afterward and also found the same information that I'd come up with. I didn't even tell him where I found the information. He found it all for himself. Since then, Tony has not had any attacks, but instead God has used Tony to help deliver other kids from Pokemon and Dragons. And God has also opened Tony's eyes to see demons on other people so he can pray for them. The important thing is that Tony now understands. Listen to this. The important, this is what she says. The important thing is that Tony now understands he must be very careful with what video games he plays and what he watches because of his experience. That reminds us of what Jesus said when we start out the subject this morning. Take heed how you hear and what you hear, right? So Tony figured that out by his experience. Take heed what you hear and how you hear. And then she says this in wrapping up. I've heard that a frog thrown to a pot of boiling water will jump out. But if you put a frog into cold water in a pot and then slowly turn up the heat, it will boil to death. 
I found that is how the devil worked in my son. It appeared harmless at first, but the heat was turned up slowly over a period of time, a period of years, until finally the devil entered into my son. I'm thankful for God's Holy Spirit, but I wish I'd listened to the Holy Spirit years earlier. I'm also thankful that God takes us average folks and anoints us to cast out demons. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we can see here, family of God, the devastation that these games have on children. And it's important for us to discuss this because all of us as adults know children somewhere. And it would be a good idea for you to just inquire from your friends and your family about your children. Do you know what video games they're watching? Some adults don't have a clue what video games they're watching and think it's harmless and sitting back there in a room playing video games. Please ask them. Ask the kids, what video games are you playing? Now, it's fine they're playing soccer on video games. That's it's not a problem. Football, not a problem. Something that's harmless. But parents, please watch and make sure you know. Because this is not an ask that story. And children are growing up in our world today. And so no wonder we have so much demonic activity in America. Because all this stuff is invoking demons to come into this nation and into our lives. Amen? As I said now, five weeks time, I'm going to teach something else that's on TV. We've been blasted with it all day long. It's getting worse than ever. But we've got to deal with it. I can't ignore it. I can't just say nothing. I'm going to deal with it and show you how the demons work through this. The invasion of demons into our country is trying to create a culture of confusion and division. And it's trying to stop the body of Christ from advancing. It's trying to advance the kingdom of Satan. It's trying to destroy America to establish the Antichrist kingdom. We're not going to let that happen. We're going to fight. We're not going to fight with national weapons. We're going to fight with spiritual weapons. Now, the next message on this subject, part five, part four, in four five weeks' time, I might not put that out on on uh, social media. I might not do it so, uh, live stream. I might not. When I finish the message, I'll know if I can do live stream or not, because I want to tell you the full facts, right? And if you come here, you're going to say, I'm willing to listen to this and, and hear it and know the truth. All right? So I might not put it on social media. Depends. I might not share it on live stream, depending on the severity of it. Okay? Is that okay with you? Because I want to talk straight. Are you okay with that? All right. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just, it's okay, I'm not doing an altar call. 
You can stay in your seats. I'm not doing an altar call. Thank you. Thank you, workers. Just close your head, close your eyes, bow your head. We want to invite the Holy Spirit to come in here this morning, take charge. Just say this with me. Dear Holy Spirit, I invite you to come into this room and take charge. I yield to you now to touch me from my head to my toes and to fill me, fill me to overflowing. Fill my heart with your presence, with your joy, with your love. In the name of Jesus, I yield to you. I yield to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Here he comes. Here he comes. Presence of the Lord. Falling like rain in the meeting. The latter rain. Falling. God said, I'll come to you like the rain. Joel said he'll pour out his spirit, pour out like the rain on all flesh, on all flesh in the last days. His presence is comforting, soothing, encouraging, brings peace. Brings joy. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for refreshing us. Thank you for refreshing us, restoring us, spirit, soul, and body. If there's anybody here this morning, you're suffering from depression,
Come forward and receive the joy of the Lord right now. Be set free. Come forward right now. Receive the joy of the Lord and be set free. Come right now. Just stand right up in the front here. Just look this way. I'm waiting. There's some more coming. Keep coming. Put your feet up against the toe. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you, Spirit of the Lord. Let's just keep our eyes closed. Let the Holy Spirit work in us. Let the Holy Spirit work in us. Praise you, Lord. If there's any area of your life, listen carefully now, I want to say something to you, stand in the front here. If there's any area of your life, listen very carefully now, and all of you sitting out there, do this too. If there's any area of your life where you know you've opened the door to the devil, maybe not intentionally, accident or something happened to you and you need to put it right with God you need to put it right with God right now apologize repent, tell him you're sorry talk to him privately in your heart and just tell him you're sorry Lord and you receive forgiveness right now, tell him with your mouth, say it I'm sorry Jesus, forgive me you've got to ask for it he will forgive you. When Jesus died on the cross, listen to this, when Jesus died on the cross, he became the sum total of all sin. Every sin ever committed by anybody, from Adam to the last person ever born, every sin was collected and put on Jesus on the cross. He became the sum total of all sin. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5, 17 he became sin he, they're talking about all sin he swallowed up he took it not only that he took all the sickness from Adam to the very end of time on the cross Jesus took all sickness on the cross and healed everybody right there. That's why on the earth, in his earthly ministry, Jesus healed everybody that came to him. No one was turned away because healing belonged to them, was paid for on the cross. Jesus could not refuse it. Jesus could not refuse to heal them because he bought it for everybody on the cross. And if he refused to heal one person, that would mean that the cross didn't buy healing for all. Healing is bought for everybody. Deliverance is bought for everybody. Forgiveness is bought for everybody. On the cross. And today it belongs to you. You can receive it right now. Right now. The devil is a liar. He's been stealing us from you. Holding you back. 
Jesus said, I am the way, truth, and life. Jesus said, Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. I've come to give you abundant life. John 10, 10. Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. So all bad things happened to you as a devil. God came to give you abundant life. And what's the best for you? He gave his life for you. If there was one person that Jesus did not die for on the cross, God would have said so in the Bible. Then salvation would not be for everybody and nobody could preach with confidence that everybody can be saved. But salvation is for everybody. Jesus died for everybody. For you. All right? So, say this. As I lay hands on you right now with my wife, I want you to say this. I receive. I receive deliverance. Say it in the front here. I receive deliverance from all oppression and depression. And I am set free. I receive God's joy and peace right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There it is. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There it is. In the name of Jesus. 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 There it is. In the name of Jesus. There it is. In Jesus' name. There it is. In the name of Jesus. 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 If you sense God is working in you now, dealing with you right now, and you sense this presence of God all over you, come on out here quickly. You sense God's presence all over you. Come on out here quickly. Stand right here. God's working in you in a special way. Come on out here quickly. for you? I did. Okay, you can go back to your seat. If I prayed for you, you can go back to your seat, okay? If I did pray for you, you can go back to your seat. You sense God working in your special way? Did you come for prayer? Did I pray for you already? Okay. In the name of Jesus, close your eyes, just receive. There it is. Close your eyes, receive. In the name of Jesus. Take your hands off them. In the name of Jesus, receive right now. In the name of Jesus. Take your hands off Troy. Don't touch him. No, you can catch him. In the name of Jesus, don't be afraid. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. 
Spirit of the Lord is upon you right now. There it is. That's right. That's right. That's right. The name of Jesus. Receive right now. The name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Receive right now in Jesus' name. Receive right now. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Do I pray for all these folks here? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's somebody here that's pain in your body. Stand up quickly if you have pain in your body. Come down here. You have pain. Come down here. You've got pain in your body. If you've got pain in your body, quickly come down here. All right, what is the problem you had here, brother? Um, Caleb? Just a little of everything. A little lower pain of everything? Lower back and knees. What did you do to yourself? You hurt yourself? Football. Football? Did I ever pray for your legs to grow? Give me two chairs. What's wrong with you? I have a pinched nerve. Pinched nerve? Okay. Receive your healing right now. There it is. So what did you come for? Your hand gets stuck. Are you ready? Receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus. What did you, what did you come for? Healing for what? Stomach. Be healed in Jesus' name. All right, one, two chairs. Maybe I should have them on the platform. Can I have a camera up there? Nick. You're a stiff neck? Are you part of the stiff neck generation? Okay. Receive healing right now in Jesus' name. There it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. There it is. Okay. All right. Move your neck. Move it, move it, move it. Move your neck. What do you come for? What do you come for? Caleb, take a seat. What do you come for? Okay. All right. The name of Jesus. What do we come for? The name of Jesus. Hit by a truck. Oh, you're not injured, are you? You're just in shock. Okay, got hit by a truck. Okay. Father, I thank you for touching her right now in the name of Jesus. What did you come for? Pain in your back. Name of Jesus. There it is. Be healed. Thank you, Lord. What did you come for, honey? You had soldier's shoulder surgery. 
You can't lift it. When did you have the surgery? Four weeks ago. How'd they say how long would it be before you can lift it? Hmm. Okay, you're in pain right now? Yes. A lot of pain? Okay, when I touch you now, the power of God's going to go through. You're going to feel a warm heat go into that shoulder, and the pain's going to disappear. Right now. Just that quick. Right? That quick, all right? How bad is your pain? I want to 10. 10 is the worst. What happened? The pain's really gone. Before praying, did the pain go? The pain just disappeared. We haven't prayed for you. Move your arm. Is that not sore? Not sore at all. All the pain disappeared. Thank you, Jesus. I'm touching her. Back in the line? What was it you came for? What? You had a stroke. All right. Let me. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, God's healing you right now in the name of Jesus. Yes. Stacy, what did you come for? My legs. Okay. Well, God's going to heal you right now. You ready? In the name of Jesus, command those spasms to go right now. Do they go? Power of God's going through your whole body. There's that warm heat flowing through you right now. There it is. There it is. Through your spine, down your legs. Loosening you up. There it is. All done. Okay. Move those legs. Walk now. Let me see. Walk. Let me see here. In the name of Jesus, I release the healing power of God in this cloth right now. There it is. Now, I must tell him, say, I receive the healing power of God. I want all the youth, I want all the children to come up the front. You got a problem with your hip? Sciatic nerve? You ready? You ready? So I receive. There it is. Heat of God's power flying through you right now. Touching you in Jesus' name. There it is. God's touching you, healing you right now. It's done. Be, be healed right now in Jesus' name. Oh, God's touching you, Alice. All right. Bring me a camera. Let me just check your legs, please. Can I have your boots, yeah? Okay. I don't know if you know that your one leg is about an inch and a half to two inches longer than the other one. I need a camera. Is the camera working? Can we all see this in the crowd there in the audience? Uh, we can see the one leg is longer than the other. When you say thank you, Jesus, the power of God will go through that short leg and make it longer. You ready? Say thank you, Jesus. There it comes. Okay, it's the same now. Can you see that? Now, just stay there. Did that power 
Uh, did you feel at the bottom of the leg or the top of the leg or in the hips? Where did you feel that? Kind of, kind of in the like the whole leg. The whole leg. Yeah. Okay. So that same power is going up your back, right? Just say thank you, Jesus. I receive it. There it is. God's healing your back. All those injuries now, all that pain is leaving you. It's all gone. You are completely healed, like you never played football. Stand up, touch your toes. Do what you couldn't do before. Now tell us what the Lord did. Uh, he healed me with no more pain. Okay. Okay. All right. In the name of Jesus. Just stay there. Just stay there. Stay there. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, for touching him. Right now. There it is. God's power is flowing through you. Thank you, Jesus. Healing you right now. In the name of Jesus, I release the anointing to flow through you right now. There it is. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Neck and shoulders receive healing right now. There it is. In the name of Jesus. The warm heat of God's flowing through you. All going right now. In the name of Jesus. All those headaches go. There it goes. Power of God's flowing through you. Power of God's flowing through you right now. Healing you. Spine, nerves, everything. There it is. In the name of Jesus. Yes, it's done. We're trusting God for you, Scott. Right knee. Did I miss your legs ever? Yes. Stand forward. I release the power of God to flow through you right now. So I receive. There it is. Anointing is flowing through your body. Warm heat through your whole body, down to your feet. Getting hotter. All the pain is leaving. All gone. Just that simple. Took yourself out. Good. Praise Jesus. What did you come for? Pain in your hands? Okay. Here, get ready. Here it comes. Power of God. There it is. Say thank you, Jesus. There it is. Flying through you right now. What did you come for, son? Headache. All right. So I received the power of God. There it is. What do you come for, son? The youth. The youth. youth. Okay, youth. All right, so I just want to pray for the youth generally, but if you have been involved in those video games, then uh, we want to make sure that you need, you can get help, okay? I want to help you right now. Is there anybody had that was involved in any of those video games I mentioned? Violent video games. When you were young. Even so, still, it doesn't matter when you did it. If you did it, that's what matters. You did. Good. doesn't matter how long ago you did it. You still need to get close those doors because the devil can come back anytime and harass you. All right. Are you guys with me? You are? So, do you have to repent for anything like that? No? Okay. Good. <laughs> I was once at that age, I don't know what it's like.
Okay. I would like you all to say this with me. Close your eyes. Say, Father God, I thank you for your word. And I accept your word being true. Jesus is the Lord of my life. And I will serve him. Say it, son. Jesus is the Lord of my life. And I will serve him. Okay. Now, say this. I receive the power of God to touch me right now in the name of Jesus. You ready for this? Okay. Catches, please. The name of Jesus. There it is. I receive the power of God. The name of Jesus. There it is. The power of God. Joy. Joy of the Lord. He, he, he. Ho, ho, ho. The name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, receive right now. In the name of Jesus, receive right now. There it is. In the name of Jesus, receive right now. Say thank you, Jesus. Say I receive. I receive. There it is. Step forward. Now say I receive. In the name of Jesus. No, you don't have to fall down. You don't, you don't have to fall. It's not part of the show. <laughs> I receive. Only certain people are supposed to do that. <laughs> so I receive. There it is. I receive. So I receive. There it is. In the name of Jesus. I receive. I receive. I receive in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Praise God. All right, kids, you can go back to your seats. Thank you. We're proud of you all, proud of you all. You could be anywhere else, but you're in church on Sunday. We're proud of you all. All right, all those who are feeling, who sense demon, demon activity in their lives, you want to be delivered, come out here quickly. You sense demonic activity in your lives, come out here quickly. You've been involved in any demonic activities. Anybody that's been really badly hurt, injured by somebody, you haven't forgiven them, you need to come out here and do that right now. All right. sense demonic activity in your life? What is it you've been involved in? Sorry? 
Addiction. Addiction of what in particular? Okay. And you want to give it up? Are you still addicted now? You are? Is that it? Those two things? Those two things, nothing else. Just that. Okay? All right. Just talk to the Lord right now and say, I repent from doing that. And I ask you to set me free, Lord. Okay, now look in my eyes. Now you foul demons. You heard him repent. He doesn't want anything to do with this anymore. I take authority and command you to come out of this man and not harass him again. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Release him right now. Right now. Right now. Release him in Jesus' name. There he goes. Lie down, lie down, lie down. There he goes. There he goes. Now you will leave this building and not return in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you will not return. You will not arrest anybody here as you go. Okay, what did you come for? And do you, did you have an open door in life anywhere that you know of? How long have you been in that house? Almost three years. Three years. Have you been there ever since you were in that house? Was it before? Before you in that house? Before you came to that house? Yeah. Okay. All right. You 